Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat, hell meets the group chat, to help you process, just process that, rage at, the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Sammy, I don't even know where we start today. I have no idea where we start. I can't believe we're recording this episode. I can't believe this is, this is really happening. Well, maybe we start with... A just very loud scream, but I don't, I'll spare everyone. Um, <laughs> I almost feel like I just want to say, like, I'm sorry to everyone for their feelings. You know, like, I'm sorry that we're all feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful to have a chance to reflect on it with you and to dissect everything. Um, and if this is anyone's first time listening, usually we oh, don't gosh, start yes. off this grim. <laughs> Usually we start fun, but today is um, going to be a little bit of a different discussion. So we're sorry we couldn't come on Friday. It was just emotionally too much. Where were I want to know where where were you when you found out? How did you find out? And what is the worst part of this for you? Well, you you and I had been chatting about this, and I'm sure everybody was chatting with their friends about this, about how it was really weird that they did a decision day on Friday. But I think we were all just kind of in denial about what that meant. I desperately wanted to believe that that didn't mean they were going to do Dobbs that day, even though, you know, now in retrospect, like, why would they add a Friday drop day if they weren't going to do Dobbs that day? I don't know. I, I got assured by somebody who misled me. Um, that it might not happen that day. But, you know, we had all been sort of joking leading up that like, oh, isn't LOL, isn't it crazy? We're going to find out that our, that we don't have rights anymore on, you know, this blog from 2002, SCOTUS blog. And it is just so crazy, like how my snapshot memory from that moment, you know, we all have those snapshots from when Trump was elected. I have mine from when when Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed, when, when RBG died. And it's just crazy that my snapshot for that moment is like literally just like a blank white website that just says it's Dobbs. And then just the world changed. Oh my gosh. That is, yeah, that is, that's interesting to think about like the, where were you when's I, um, I had just, I landed from a red eye at like 7am and yeah, so I, I went back to sleep and when I woke up, it was, uh, I discovered I was like 10 minutes late to a meeting. No one said anything about it. I'm assuming because also <laughs> this probably dropped. Um, yeah. And it, you, I saw your slack first actually. And then I was like, Oh fuck. What did I even say? Did I say like it happened? I think I said it happened. You, you said something like the decision is out or it was like very, <laughs> uh, that's the thing. Like I, I think I said to you like the day before, like, how certain are we this is happening so that I can like emotionally prepare, like basically prepare myself. And I was like, it's not, it's not happening. No, no, it won't happen tomorrow. 
I thought I was like, it's still going to happen tomorrow. Um, yeah. I thought it, like, why would they at the Friday? It's annoying because then like we kind of had to like work on Friday, but at the same time, it was nice that people that this isn't their job could just sort of like, you know, sign the fuck off and just kind of, kind of mourn. But I mean, we, we just, we knew this was coming and, you know, we put a video on stuff that me, Bridget and Laura conceptualized together. That was just sort of like showing video clips of this moment because that's just like, and that's what I felt in that moment is just knowing that like knowing when Trump was getting momentum in 2015, knowing that, that that could lead to this, this moment. And it's so crazy to have this level of devastation and he's not even in office, but this is really, you know, what he wrought and it's sick and it's kind of crazy. Like, did you see that he won't even really celebrate it? Cause he's so mad at the justice for not overturning the election for him. <laughs> he doesn't care about abortion. He doesn't care. Even wanting to put them on the court was not about abortion. So like he truly, this is irrelevant. The only thing a man cares about is personally being president, but what he thinks is a 19th century queen, like he wants, you know, he, not even 19th. He wants to be like a 15th century queen, like that type of power, whatever. I don't think he cares about that at all. How did you feel? So, so you, you found out because he woke up from a nap. <laughs> yeah. And I saw your slack and I, I just didn't, I didn't even like need to, and I had a bunch of texts. I just didn't yeah. even, there was 0%. There was no like change in my heart rate going up the mm -hmm. way like you know, when RBG died, yeah. that kind of, it was not that kind of thing. Cause one thing I will say I appreciate is that I do feel that a lot of women, a lot of white women are acknowledging that they were like, I didn't realize this could happen. Like I didn't realize this was really possible. And I think that the, you know, who people who pointed out in 2016 that this was actually inevitable, um, unless the deaths had sort of played out differently, which they didn't. Um, that would real that would really that was really the only protection against this happening. And we knew that that had, you know, that was no longer there after Amy Coney Barrett was nominated. So I don't know. I, I there's like an element of we have prepared for this. And um, I don't know, it's just there feels like a very like quiet, even though like even though I think people are very upset, it does feel very quiet because there's not an immediate action mm -hmm. that we can uniformly take. So yeah. that definitely compounds the grief rather than, you know, the hyper engagement. Yeah, that's true. And I know the fact that like, I definitely get worried about losing momentum because like you said, people, I don't think a lot of people... And I don't even mean this in like a people are dumb way. I mean, in a people have lives to live way, really grasp like how our political system works and how we got to this point when they know that they believe like even people that even people that feel itchy about some types of abortion do not agree that states should outlaw it in cases of rape or incest or when it's literally going to kill, kill the mother. So it's really, yeah, I, I, it, it I don't want to say I, I felt pretty numb this week because you're right. There is no uniform action. It's just a lot of people being like, I also don't have the energy anymore. To blame sort of be RBG. Like, blame RBG. Oh, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty annoyed at Joe and Nancy too, but I'm not like, 
you guys have been in power. Nothing has changed. It's like you look, people saying that don't know how government works. Like there, there's a lot of factors. It's like, ugh, I'm just mad and sad and angry. And it's annoying to see people that are just entering. It's, it's great to see some people, as you mentioned, enter this conversation in a really humble way and say, tell me what to do. I, I, I need to know what to do. I need to be part of the solution. I'll do anything. And, and the people that are just like looking for some, going back to blaming an old lady, going back to like, you know, like blaming everybody who stayed home on election day. Ugh. Here's the thing. Blame is cathartic and we're all human beings and we all have a different relationship to this circumstance. I want to be like, I want to blame the people who are blaming. But then I'm like, you know what? Like, we are unique in that we have a lot of background on this, but not everyone is has the same circumstances. And I think like as much as I do want to blame and I want to be angry it's like, I also feel like, you know what? This is the time to just be forgiving yeah, and say, tell, telling people they're dumb because they didn't pay attention or they didn't like Hillary because of their taxes. Like, you know what? That doesn't help a woman who has an ectopic pregnancy and now is going to be left to die in Missouri. So I, I ultimately that's, it's not going to get anywhere. I think there's only a few options. And I mean, I think uh, Ellie Mistal had a pretty good layout of one option that basically involves taking the Senate um, and the, taking Congress and expanding the court. Uh, and then you have the sort of state approach where you flip state legislatures and get 38 states to try to approve a constitutional amendment. That's another option. To protect abortion rights specifically. To protect abortion rights or to get some sort of equal rights amendment. I don't I don't know exactly the legal solution. Again, I'm not a legal scholar. There has to be like focus now. Yeah. Well, we do have Imani Gandhi joining us um, at the end of the show, oh, who is a legal, scholar, a legal scholar. And, and I'll ask her, I'll ask her some of those. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. It's weird to answer to people when they're like, what can I do? How can we undo this? And it's like, actually- Go vote in the primary tomorrow if you have one. Yeah, this really cannot be undone, but there can be new things like we can set up some scaffolding to make new protections. But this one's fucking gone. It's gone. Right. It's gone. It's crazy. Right. It's it's fucking gone. And it's like, gone. Like Roe versus Wade is gone. It's not coming back. Like there's no way you just sort of like get it back. Like the idea of Roe versus Wade protecting our constitutional rights is just not that's no longer part of our our system. It feels like 
when Trump won that finality, except I knew it was going to happen. Right. Versus being yes. surprised. Our, yeah. I mean, that being said, like, I am glad that the draft opinion leaked. I am very glad. <laughs> I mean, even if it hadn't leaked, you still knew. I guess so. But I mean, yesterday, I, I so on Friday when it happened, like, I did have a very physical, like, response at first. I was sort of like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know. Like, I had to, like, cancel a vet appointment. <laughs> and I definitely called and they thought somebody died because I called them, like, right after. And, like, I assume that everybody gets the news like I do and is as obsessed with it. They definitely thought somebody died. Which they, I mean, I called and I was crying and I was like, I can't, the news, I got news, I can't come in. Oh, <laughs> they were like, oh my God, we're so sorry. And I was like, I know, I'm sorry for everybody. And they're like, okay. Oh my God. Oh, they may have not known they that. And then they were probably like, oh, died. that's what that girl was upset about. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But um, but then I, I sort of, it took me a minute, it took me a few, a few minutes. And then I think because we knew this was coming and we really knew this was coming, was able to sort of like rally and... We had a video prepared. Oh yeah, we had the video prepared, of course. And Laura, I was like, she was like, do you have the final clip? I was like, I can't get it to you, right? Like my hands are shaking. Like for a couple minutes, I was like, I could not meet. I was in rough shape. And so she was like, I got it. We got it. And um, yeah, and threw it up. But I think because we knew it was happening, I felt like I could... I could kind of like readjust and recalibrate and get back to, I, I, I'm also concerned, not in terms of how do we react to this to get people to understand how to undo it, but also literally so people that I'm concerned that the people that heard that and think, oh, the Supreme Court said abortion's legal now. If I'm pregnant, it's like, it is still only a certain number of states. It gave it back to the states. So I think, you know, one thing to kind of focus in on your activism is just like, Make like you would be surprised, and again, I don't mean this in a negative way. Just people got shit going on, but you would be surprised how disconnected people are from information about oh, abortion and their laws. And it's like there could be somebody in Minnesota who just assumes, who does not know that 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 the, that the Supreme Court cannot decide whether your state gives you more. like your state might have outlawed it, but um, yeah, just that that's all the stuff that went through my head is like, oh God, people are like it's gonna chaos. Be, like, kids 14 year olds that don't end pregnancies because they don't think and i guess today we're start over the weekend we started seeing you know these laws these trigger bans are so it's it's funny because we knew it was going to happen but it's like they didn't because these laws are so terrible like they're like exceptions for rape or incest but we have no really parameters for how you prove to us how that you were raped or had sex with a family member or were forced to have sex with a family member Be because this is an incredibly esoteric element of how constitutional law works like the fact that it is returned to the states and then you have to like see what's on the states the states laws mm -hmm. already and then the question of like how does one apply the laws and i guess the only analogy i can really come up with for this is let's say for for a person's own individual risk to think about how like a doctor would think about this when you think when you are driving and you approach a red light or a stop sign, or whatever. Mm -hmm. How are you going to decide how long you're going to stop at that stop sign? If there's a cop sitting at the corner, you're going to pause for three seconds. If there's no cop in sight, and there's no other cars, and there's no kids, you're probably going to do like a little light tap and keep going. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what this creates, what these laws create, especially in states where it's more questionable, and there's a lot and maybe you have a bounty law like in Texas on the books, the doctors are going to act in terms of the care they're providing to women like there's a cop sitting at the at the intersection. They're not going to act like they're going to like the quick stop at the stop sign because they are afraid that they're going to have their licenses taken away. 
They're going to afraid that they're not going to have a career. They're going to be afraid that e- that they'll end up in jail. They're they're afraid of for their families. Would you want to be the wife of a doctor who has kids and and would you want your your whatever wife or husband to be like putting your family at risk. So the, so they're consulting with lawyers while women are literally having miscarriages that need to be managed, that there's a lot of gray area with what they can do. And that is the situation. And this is happening. Like you said, this is a, this is a story that's been going around, of course, like completely unverified anonymous as, as it needs to be, but it's completely believable. And like I said, like when I, the story suggests that there's a woman who was dying of an ectopic pregnancy and the doctor, as the doctor was trying to sort out with their own lawyer, if they could remove the clump of cells stuck in her fallopian tubes that the Supreme court has decided is a person. And my instinct to that was honestly, what the, like, does the Hippocratic oath not come before your state law? And of course, but then of course there are those considerations. I know it's not that simple. If you are the primary breadwinner for your entire family, of course I understand you don't want to risk going to prison. And there are going to be certain medical providers who don't have to make these calculations. And I know, I know they're going to be in there doing what it takes to to do them. But this is happening. Like I was thinking, at least said this a while ago. There is going to be a name we all know of the first woman who we know died because a doctor could not perform a timely abortion on her. And that for, to take that further, I was like, you know what, if fucking like, then what if like Joe Biden names a law after her? And it's like, can we just make the law before I'm being the person I hate because I don't think there's anything Joe Biden can do. And I don't like the idea of staying at home because Democrats aren't doing anything. But I mean, let's, let's kind of talk about that. I mean, I, I really did not want to see Joe's face over the weekend. I can't explain necessarily why. I just, I know he had to go to the G7. I don't think Ukrainians should have to suffer because our country's a mess. But it's like, this is a national emergency. I would be talking about nothing else. You would not see a smile on my fucking face for weeks. Yeah, no, I have been like pretty much bogged down in this with the exception of like <clears throat> a few, you know, moments where I was able to focus on other things. But like... Yeah, I don't really understand. You know, I do understand he's, you know, Joe Biden is an institutionalist. And I almost am just like, you know what? Step aside. That's how I feel. I do just want to go back to the uh, question of, uh, you know, the first woman or or yeah. these these real practical cases, which is how this is happening and belies the fact that, like, legislation should really have nothing to do with this. Um the down the line fear is that not only will there be doctor there be very few doctors who are willing to do this but the training that's available to them the doctors are not going to be trained properly in how to do these procedures and then there's going to be very few providers you know who are able to even do it even if you could travel to get there how is that going to work one of them was dr tiller in kansas who they killed Right. Like, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm like. The, and, and if you know who all of the doctors are and you know how few of them there are, they be, they literally have targets on their back. It's, and also, I mean, uh, there was, you know, an article in Politico that was talking to some clinics that um, in states that like technically have exceptions for rape and incest. And they were like, not to be crass, there's a shitload of rape victims, but you can't really run a business just with rape victims. Like we can't keep our doors open just just with, thankfully in our community, just, just sure? with victims of rape. I know in some areas you probably fucking can. In Utah, in Utah, they have an exception for rape or incest, but you have to file a police report. Who files? A, two out of three people don't do that. Famously, yeah. people cannot file police reports. I was talking to someone in our DMs who was a former Mormon who was like, let's say you even 
get to the police. They're probably Mormon. Let's say your assaulter's an influential person in the Mormon church who literally, the cop could literally believe that your abuser is in charge of their salvation. What the fuck are they going to do? Like these, I think this is, the concept of trigger laws has really, the, the concept of what an abortion ban is has really um, come into focus for me the past three days because they're so clumsy. They they're so dangerously clumsy that one thing I did not foresee is just how much confusion and just, I know like we live in New York, but our government could be overtaken at any time. (laughs) Like the winds, the winds fucking shift and imagine Sammy. And and I know we have listeners in States where they don't even have to imagine being pregnant and being dying. I I can't believe we're in this conversation. I gotta get out of here. I can't believe we're in this country. (laughs) I, I, I I mean, I'm not going to get out of here, although I would love to. It's that is terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. It's it's like you could say, oh, well, I just won't get pregnant. But uh, how how can you be sure? And I do want to go back to that because in Clarence Thomas's concurring opinion, which he took his time to make to do. So, you know, he really means it. He didn't need to do this. He could have just he could have just signed on to the regular opinion. You know, but instead he was like, nope, actually I have some extra thoughts. I'm going to add them in a a concurring opinion. (laughs) And what his, there's a lot of comp, it took me even a while to be like, what the fuck is he exactly Mm -hmm. saying? And because he, he called out specific cases and this is the headline you probably saw around the right to contraception and the right to same sex marriage. Everything, but conveniently interracial marriage. (laughs) Right. But here's the thing underlying that, what he's saying, he's questioning the entire concept that rights inherently exist in the Constitution that are not mentioned. And that, I mean, maybe the rest of the justices aren't like on board with that yet, but he did throw that into the ring and say like, who's going to take it? Mm-hmm. Who's going to take it? Who's going who's gonna to buy the fact that there are no rights not enumerated? If does that mean the right of women to travel could be... Because women aren't even in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And travel isn't enumerated. Well, Brett says it's okay we can travel, remember? He was like, well, For I now. don't think you can ban For them. From in- right, exactly. Yeah, For because that's now. exactly what, yeah. If an uh, abusive dad rapes his daughter, gets her pregnant, beats the mom, yeah, they're going to be able to get away quietly to go to another state for a couple days. It's I know conservatives love to say, like, no activist judges. But it's like, there are only activist judges, especially in this day and age. So that's, I mean, that's why the, they invented the Federalist Society because mm-hmm. they would nominate sort of like normies and then they would get on and, you know, they would read the legal arguments and they would decide more progressively than hardcore conservatives wanted. Yeah. So I think one thing that people need to understand who I've been, and I've been this person and I've expressed on the podcast who have been a little bit like, ooh, expand the court. Joe tells us that's like, I sometimes am a little, what establishment Dems tell me something, I tend to want to go along with what they they say. And all these things seem extreme. And I think there's been this idea that the Supreme Court and the justices generally do care if people live or die. But we have just seen so many times with mass mandates, with the gun thing, even even I until last week was like, they care if people die. For sure, they definitely care. They do not care that letting people, whoever they want, have guns will result in mass death. This is not a compelling argument to them. And if people will die is not a compelling argument to a branch of government, we need to fucking do something about that branch of government and change it and fix it. Because it's it's broken. It's not Democrats doing something crazy. Like yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really understand how the, the other thing is that people are talking about like impeaching the justices. Like they lied under oath. Like it is way more likely that you would get I think favorable 
support behind court expansion than what would be perceived as going after justices politically. Yeah. Even though the 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 uh, trust in the Supreme Court has decreased, the way to do that would be to add more people, not to try to impeach them. And again, this I think is just like frustration and blame. But I don't know. I don't trust that they necessarily care who lives or dies inherently. Yes, I I just happen to think that was an, that was a compelling argument to other humans, but I don't think so. So Amani Gandhi is going to join us in a second. But you know, there's a lot to do now. We're talking to each other. We're talking to Emily Amick about like specific things you can do in states. Um, and if you want to help with those state level things, but you're outside of those states, but Sammy, I'm sure people have been asking you, what has been your, your instinct to tell them? What I'm telling them is go vote in the primary tomorrow. If, if there's a primary in your state tomorrow, that is something you can literally do tomorrow. Spend your time, spend a little time tonight researching what's on the ballot in your, in your district. And those people have the most direct vote about what happens in your state. So uh, there's one in Illinois tomorrow. I don't remember what the other states are. And there are anti-abortion rights Democrats. And you need to know if one of them is trying to get elected in your state tomorrow. Like primaries can seem like, oh, but I live in a blue state, whatever Democrats can. No, like it, it really could matter. There are several. I mean, the, the governor of Louisiana is a Democrat. I'm pretty sure he's like totally down with banning abortion there right now. My first lesson in voting from my mother, who brought me to the voting booth every year, was if look at the Democrats and if they have right to life next to the name, you don't vote for them no matter what. And that's the one that she's just like, if you don't know what you're going to do, just check for that. Yeah. And um, that's my rule. The Eileen Fishbein rule. Even if you're like primaries, and it's worth just being in the habit of always going. Like it really is just truly all politics is local. I, I also think like, in terms of, you know, if you have friends who are want to be invited, like involved and they're not sure and they want they they feel overwhelmed with like where to start, be like politics is like hygiene or grooming. I tell yeah, I love this. Yeah. Do your po- think about your politics like your dental appointment, like your Botox, like getting your hair cut. It is something that you don't like necessarily, you're not like pumped to go to the salon, but you're like, you know what? Like, I need to know what's going on. This is like a part of what I'm doing. It's not like you need to read the news obsessively every day, but it's like you're you're committed to keeping yourself somewhat informed so that the burden does not all fall on like 10% of people. Yeah. That's really, that's, and it's not like, oh, you need to become a politician. Just like a little more. Right. And it's like, I I compare it to that or like working out because it's like, you got to get some muscle memory. The more you do it, the easier it is because then you'll start to know, like if you start seeing, again, if, if this is the first time you've picked up this podcast, we do it every day. So listen to us every day and we'll process things yeah. every day because it really is about doing a little bit every day. And that way you start to recognize um, the context as, as there are new developments like, oh, this happens. And I remember four days ago, this happened and that means this adds this new added layer because if you find, and and this stuff is, it really is like a day by day thing. And these things compound to get us to six years after Trump. Like how did this take so long to happen? Or, I mean, if you just did a little bit every day, it doesn't feel like as much and you're able to like, you're more nimble. You're able to understand and contextualize the things that are happening. Whereas when big things happening, you're trying to absorb it all can feel really 
overwhelming, even on certain issues. Like if I kind of step away from January 6th for a minute, it's really hard for me to kind of like figure out where we are. So just a little bit which every Jeffrey, day. Which Jeffrey? Which yes, Jeffrey is the good Jeffrey? Yes, exactly. Which Jeffrey is the bad Jeffrey? Also, the words are confusing. District attorney. Like I get those. Those are annoying words. And you have to like get used to sort of like knowing what that means. And it, it gets easier. None of those people are smarter than you. These fucking district yeah, attorneys just, who are like, um, exceptions in rape or incest. I guess rape means this. None of these people know what they're doing. None of these no, people know what they're doing. No, get you're out. not stupid just because you're not well-versed in this. Anyway. Yeah. We'll be back with Amani Gandhi of the Boom Lawyer Podcast. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And we are back with Imani Gandhi, a reproductive rights lawyer, host of the Boom Lawyered podcast and senior editor of Law and Policy of Rewire News Group. I don't know where to start. I haven't known where to start all podcasts. Maybe somebody else should do this show. But but I guess I'll ask you to describe your weekend in one word, Imani. Oh, exhausting. I would really? just have to say it's exhausting. Yeah, I mean, I have been exhausting and a little bit of relief that it's over and we can move mm -hmm. to the next chapter, right? Like, obviously, it's a tragic decision and people are going to die. And for the first time, the constitutional right stripped the, con the constitutional right. The Supreme Court stripped a constitutional right from people. I'm very tired. I've been doing this all day. Um, all day. It's only 1030 your time. I, no, I, I said my first hit was at 530 in the morning. Oh, money. <laughs> Um, but yeah, th this is the first time that the Supreme Court has taken a constitutional right away from people. They have frequently rolled back rights or regulated rights, but they just stripped a constitutional right from people. And that is, I mean, it's stunning. But I knew it was coming and I've known it was coming. So it was just kind of like, can we just get the decision so we can mm -hmm. move on to whatever the next chapter is going to be? Because I'm exhausted. I'm tired and I'm ready. I'm just ready to fight maybe like in a few days. Like I'm still tired right now. But I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as you were talking, it's it's like we've been saying, you know, we knew this was going to happen. We knew this before, you know, the Dobbs, the Dobbs draft leak. And there were still plenty of people um, because it is pretty hard to believe that didn't necessarily know if this was going to be a moment that demanded our attention. And, and I guess now that now we have the momentum, now we have their their attention for for what's next. So I wanted to start. I know this is very broad, but like as you were saying, this is the first time the court has taken away a constitutional right. And, you know, we've talked about trigger bans kind of like theoretically for years now. And it is wild 
to watch them take effect and see how clumsy they are and how nobody knows what is happening or what they're allowed to do. So again, this is very broad, but I know you also give us very precise answers to our broad questions. So I'm going to start with what is the legal landscape of abortion in the United States right now? Um, it a hot mess. <laughs> uh, it is essentially a patchwork of of access depending upon where you live in the country. Obviously, there are the 13 states that have trigger bans. Is it 13 or 11? I think it's 13 states that have trigger bans. There are another 13 that are just waiting in the wings to either right. call a special legislative session this summer or when they go into session for the next term. I mean, it's going to be the first thing on their agenda. So we're looking at half the states having abortion criminalized in those states. Where it gets tricky and interesting is the state's that are trying to go into other states and want to prosecute other state residents for helping a resident of the abortion hostile state get an abortion. So if you live in Missouri and you need an abortion and you go to, you come to Colorado to get an abortion, there are Missouri prosecutors. You come to me, let's say, and I help you get an abortion. I take you to the Boulder clinic and whatever. There are prosecutors in Missouri who would want to, make me criminally liable for aiding and abetting an abortion. So basically conspiracy. That is a law on the books right now. It's not a law on the books right now. That's where we're going. Missouri has introduced okay. a law that would do that. I think Missouri is going to see what happens with that. And then other states are going to follow. So that's not a law that's <laughs> on the books now, but it's something that people need to be prepared for. Connecticut mm -hmm. and California have already prepared for it. They've enacted statutes that prohibiting them from being extradited to abortion hostile states. It prohibits law enforcement in the abortion friendly state from cooperating with law enforcement in abortion hostile states. That's Connecticut and California. Massachusetts and, and Minnesota have signed executive orders over the weekend. Um, I don't know. I haven't looked yet to figure out what all the, I mean, everything is changing so rapidly, but these By are the, the things minute, I know. Yeah. But the point is, is that normally the way criminal law works is that what's a crime in Colorado is a crime in Missouri. And if you kill someone or you, you know, start a fire or whatever in Colorado and Missouri says, or in Missouri and you flee to Colorado, Missouri's going to say, Colorado, you've got to bring this person back. And Colorado would say, yeah, okay, that's fine. But now we're living in a landscape where abortion is quote unquote murder in some states and not in others. So of course, a Missouri conservative is going to say, we have a right to uphold our murder laws, our homicide laws. This is a serious crime. And we want to be able to go into other states and grab people who are committing what is considered a crime in this state. That's what's called comedy, C-O-M-I-T-Y, where states just cooperate and, you know, they just pass criminals back and forth and make sure they end up in the right jurisdiction to get punished. That's not going to happen anymore with California and Connecticut, and I am almost positive that a lot of other blue states are going to follow. So what's going to happen is, is there are going to be fights between states about what states have to do to help one another um, mm -hmm. basically uh, investigate criminal activity. That's going to be a Supreme Court issue. Another big Supreme Court issue mm -hmm. that's going to come up is the right to travel, right? Because Missouri, I think, I don't know if they passed it or just introduced it, but they want to make it illegal yeah. 
for a Missourian to travel out of state to get an abortion. You have a constitutional right to travel. That is an absurd proposition, right? Even Brett seems to think so, right? He does now. Who knows what he'll think yeah. in two years right. when the court when the case gets to him, right? I mean, he's trying to be reasonable. Whoever paid off his credit card debt will get to him. Seriously. So anyway, it's we're getting to a place where the landscape is just, can we curse? Can I say it's a clusterfuck? Yes, because it's we a clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> It's a clusterfuck. And my concern, um, I mean, that's going to get all worked out. That's going to get worked out in the courts, whether, you know, whether it's a fight between the federal government and the states, if, say, the federal government decides to start putting abortion clinics on federal property. Um, it's going to be a fight between states about the right to travel and privileges and immunities, right? There's a constitutional privileges and immunities clause, which means if you go to a state, you are entitled to all of the privileges and immunities that that state confers on its own residents. You are also entitled to them. So all of these issues that have not not necessarily had a lot of play in the federal mm -hmm. court system are going to become huge issues of the supremacy clause or going to become huge issues of preemption, whether if Biden decides to get off his ass, please, and do something, <laughs> get right? up your ass and work. Mr. Seriously, like if Joseph he decides to Biden, yeah. do something, then that's going to start causing litigation and fights between federal governments and states. This is everything you've, you've listed is just, you know, as people in the field, we can monitor this and try to explain to people, but this is quite a lot for a pregnant 14-year-old who doesn't want to tell her parents that she needs an abortion to, to manage. It's not possible. It's not possible. Okay. Well, let me tell, let me speak to that hypothetical 14-year-old. First of all, get all of the period trackers off Please. of your phone. Do not log your periods, your cycles, anything. Do not do it. If you have been doing it, you should check the terms and services of the app to make sure you don't have to email them to ask them to delete those things. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is that you should, if you find yourself going to an abortion clinic, leave your phone at home. Just leave it at home. Yeah. Because even if you turn off location services, there are ways that people can track you through your phone, through its pinging to different towers. Leave your phone at home. Um, and tell your friends. I mean, honestly, to the extent that there are any teenagers listening to this show, and if you are up to date on what is going on, tell your friends who may not be. Mm -hmm. Tell your friends who may be living in households with quote-unquote pro-life parents who will not talk to them about what their options are should they become pregnant. Right now, the most important thing for for women and pregnant people or people who can become pregnant in, the, in this country is security, physical security, digital security. If you're going to a clinic, wear a mask. If you're driving to a clinic, park three blocks away and walk. Like, I mean, everything you've seen in a movie about how to lose a tail, like those are the things you need to be concerned about because we are, the difference between 2022 and the late 60s and early 70s leading up to Roe versus Wade is that now we have mass digital surveillance, right? Everyone's on, so I've, I see people on TikTok talking about, oh, you can come stay with me if you need an abortion. I'm seeing, and I, I love the shout your abortion people. I love the shout your abortion people. Mm -hmm. I am not in love with this new thing they're doing where they're wearing shirts that say, I will aid and abet abortion. Because that is just a red flag. You're painting a target on yourself for law mm -hmm. enforcement to, if they haven't been tracking you, to start tracking you. And if they have been tracking you, you, it's probably because you were on social media talking about, yeah, come to me, I'll help you get an abortion. Or you're making TikToks or you're sharing memes about quote unquote camping, like all of these things. And honestly, I think that your audience is primarily white. And I think the reason why I'm seeing so many like really gleeful white women activated on this issue, which I love to see it. I love to see that. But because 
the sort of white women that are getting activated and are talking about and, you know, bringing people into their homes and aiding and abetting, they don't, they haven't had the sort of relationship to the police state that black and brown women have. And right now there are tons and tons of black and brown women who are running abortion funds, who are running these networks of funds and they know what they're doing. They know how to vet people. They know how to make sure that people are secure. They've been, fu- they've been shuttling people in and out of States for yeah. years already now because of low access. So, you know, if you don't, if you think that this is like something that you should be expressing for clout or to make yourself feel better in this moment, stop it. Honestly, stop it. Because what you're doing now by announcing to the world that you've been activated and you want to help is you're painting a target on your back and you're also removing yourself from the pool of people who are going to be looked at for help, right? Like mm-hmm. if you are a person who've been screaming on social media about how I'm going to be a criminal, you're basically admitting that you are going to be a criminal. You are admitting to conspiracy to commit a felony because that's what abortion is now in some states. People who are doing the work aren't going to want to work with you because they think that you don't know how to be discreet and keep your mouth shut, right? And we no, do I, yeah. need you. We need all the help that we can get. I'm not trying to be an asshole or cantankerous or make people feel bad because truly if you are activated right now thank you welcome we need you but we need you to be smart because we don't want you in jail and we don't want you to be in front of cops and then start listing names of people who are also doing work and potential patients who have gotten abortions like if you're not prepared for this just Find someone who is. And that's okay. Exactly. They're there. I think I'm glad you brought that up. I think a lot. No, I've seen a lot of these videos, too. They're all to that sound. That's like, if if you go down, then we go down together. And I'm, I, I even am like, well, actually, no, no, no. It's not the patient of abortion that's going to go down. It's I think like I think it's important what you're saying. Like the people there are people here that are ready to do what is necessary and ready to share information. But this doesn't necessarily like slot into we were talking about this before you got on. It's not like instantly the Supreme Court said abortion is illegal. It's no, the abortion like the Supreme Court empowered your state to decide. But not everybody necessarily knows that. And they might see your little TikToks like come camping at my house and think like, what? I could be in trouble for. Yeah, I think there are people. What, so what, I, I was going to ask people are desperate to know what they should do and what yeah. they can do to help um, right now. What, what, what alternatives are there that are helpful? Besides sharing the information about digital security with literally everyone you know and in your neighborhood, now is a really good time for community. I did an event last night at a bar downtown in Denver with the Marigold Project. Jess and I just in a room for about an hour talking to other, you know, pro-abortion, pro-choice people. And it felt good to be surrounded by people who all have the same goals. So if you are getting activated, find other people who are either activated and willing to bring you in and like, you know, show you the ropes. Find other people who haven't been activated and just talk about what this case means. Talk about what it means for your future, for your family. Um, And then also just go to abortionfunds.org and find, literally you could just close your eyes and pick one and give them money. If you have money and resources, the best thing that you can do is to give that money to people who are handing it out to folks who need abortions. Because I mean, the amount of travel that's going to go on is it's just it's it's an enormous amount of travel and not a lot of people if you're going to get an abortion not everyone wants to stay in some stranger's house right like totally they want to stay yeah. in a hotel and they want to heal and be either with their loved ones or by themselves so offering to to you know put someone up in your house is not really that useful but what mm-hmm. you can do is if you have extra money lying around give it to the funds 
or mm-hmm. start having coffee clatches where you just talk about abortion rights, explain the things that you know and understand about this landscape to other people so that you can help them protect themselves. Because what we don't want is some 15 year old in Texas typing in, where can I get an abortion? And then, you know, printing out like a map or whatever. I mean, those, <laughs> right. that type of information is stored on a server somewhere, right? Like they're going to tie you to your IP address, to your face that they got on facial recognition software when you walked into a clinic. I mean, to the, the fake websites that are going to pop up that are going to pretend to be pro-abortion, pro-choice, that are going to pretend to direct you to clinics and that really are just going to be collecting your information and your IP address so they can come find you. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember? I'm eager to see how Google rises to the occasion here and how they, how they you know, surface results for people who are trying to get medical care. It should care. be interesting to see, to see what happens. Yeah. But I mean... I, there was a movie that came out like in 1999 called Enemy of the State. I don't know if you ever saw that movie with Will Smith. I definitely did. Yeah, I feel like, like that was 99 yeah. and that was before, you know, so, social media and a lot of this mass surveillance in this digital age. And I saw that movie and I thought, that's like, like prophetic in a way, right? Mm-hmm, it's really mm-hmm. the ways in which the government is now just in your business and can find out what you're doing, where you're doing it, how you're doing it. There, are some, there's an, there was an agent, um, a state official in Missouri who was tracking people's periods. Gross. Disgusting. Like, that, right? Can I you, mean, I mean who knows? If you're, if you're peeing in a toilet, are they going to start collecting water <laughs> yeah. from your toilet? Yes, find out if you're pregnant. To find out if you're pregnant based on your hormones? I mean, this is the sort of dystopian stuff that like whatever is the worst situation you can think of, prepare for that situation. Because if you're prepared for the worst, then you'll be prepared for everything that comes before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everything you've said was going to happen has happened. One more question about legality that for folks, can people in states where abortion is now banned order abortion pills from the websites offering them to their home or should they get them sent to somebody in a, who lives in a state where it's not banned? If people live in a state where it's a ban, it depends. Um, yeah, if you live in a state where abortion is banned, I would not order medication abortion off the internet right now. There's some question about what's going to happen with Merrick Garland saying that, you know, right. with the FDA, essentially, due to the supremacy clause, government action preempts state action. So if the government comes out and says, everyone has a right to use medication abortion, then states can't go against that. But we don't know what's going to happen Mm -hmm. yet. So I think the safest thing to do is if you're in a state where abortion is banned, don't talk about how you're planning on aiding and abetting abortions, right? And just be careful. (laughs) Number one, one, just keep quiet about it. Number two, oh God, there's a, I wish I had the the information on hand. If you go, go to if, when, how, if slash when slash how, they have a lot of resources Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. the legal Mm -hmm. landscape and they will, you can probably go there and figure out what's going on in your state. But before you start stocking up pills or anything, I would wait for things to shake out because some states will do stuff like, yeah, abortion was legal for, you know, the first half of 2022, but now it's (laughs) illegal. And we're going to go back to all of the abortions that you performed in the first half of 2022. And we're going to go ahead and grandfather those in to illegality. And we're going to prosecute you for those. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. there's no rule of law anymore. So we can't, and as liberals, progressives, what have you, we, we like institutions. We like rules that are fair. We like justice. This is a, an era of injustice, of oppression, of six people telling women and, and other people capable of becoming pregnant that you don't matter anymore. Your economic circumstances don't matter. You're not a free and equal citizen. You're now a sub-citizen of the United States. That's where we all are right now. Absolutely. It's, 
Yeah, it's sickening. And like you were saying before, if you are pregnant or you know somebody has the abortion funds and the clinics, like they're wherever they are, they're still, to my understanding, working to help people figure out how to find an option. So there are still options. You just have to be really safe and contact the clinics and the abortion funds seem to have the best information about keeping you safe and getting you what you need right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, you know, I would just encourage your listeners, this is a dark time. This is a dark time. But there is light at the end of the tunnel and it may not come in my lifetime. If you're younger than me, I'm almost, I'm 48, then it may be in your lifetime, but I'm okay with that, right? Like I'm okay with fighting for something that the, that I may not see the benefit of. Well, I'm, I'm beyond childbearing age anyway. So none of this really matters <laughs> to me personally, but you know, the, the important thing for the upcoming fight and my, my work wife and co-host Jess Piccolo has been saying this a lot is that it's necessary to be, be defiantly joyful during this time as much as you can, because what these fascists are relying on is fear and despondency and inaction. They want to make you too scared to act. They want to pile on concerns about being thrown in jail and pile on all of this shit to keep you from exercising your power. You do personally have a lot of power. And when you combine with other people, that's even more power. And we are going to, we're going to build something that is way better than Roe. Roe. Mm-hmm. You've been the, saying that for a long I've time. I've been saying that for a while. Roe was the freaking floor. It was fine. It didn't work for a lot of people. Let's build something that works for everyone. And I really, mm-hmm. we're going to do that. It is going yeah. to happen. It's just a matter of when. We're in a backlash cycle right now, but we're going to, Unbacklash? Is that a word? Rebacklash? Yeah. Lash? I'm not sure. But <laughs> boomerang, whatever. Boomerang. There oh, you go. That's yeah, the word. perfect. So, how often are you guys doing the Boom Lawyer podcast? Uh, every day? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, normally we take a break after the Supreme Court term, but uh, we're not oh, doing no. that. We're not doing that this year. Everyone yeah. calm down. We just talked about that. We're like, we can't take a break. We can't take a two month yeah. break right now. So, we'll still be on, in your ears on Mondays. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, try, just try to find areas of light. I think you have to because this is going to be a sustained, yeah. It's going to be a sustained assault on our humanity. And pretty soon they're mm-hmm. going to tell us that fertilized eggs have the same rights that we do. And in some cases, more rights than we do. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's bad, but community and, and just, just try to find, do nice things for yourself. Be kind to yourself. Stop arguing with trolls on the internet. This is me talking to myself. <laughs> Please, they do not deserve your time, but they're irresistible They don't deserve sometimes. our time. They don't deserve our time. They're just, they're trying to antagonize. And I'm I, like, go away. You got what you wanted. Go away. Go and, away. But, Leave us alone. But it's also a little bit more, it's more than they're just trying to annoy you and antagonize you on Twitter. They're trying to stoke violence from the left in order to make the violence from the right seem like it's not that big of a deal. Yes. Did you all- see Night of Rage was trending Friday and it was just from conservatives that were amplifying it. Yeah. No liberals, were no pro-choice people were like, it's the night of rage it was just like don jr like they're gonna do a night of rage and they want that to happen because they want yeah. violence from from pro-choice people to excuse the violence that they are already yeah. planning on meeting out on us right whether it's mm-hmm. driving a car through a, a group of protesters or arizona they were literally firing they were literally firing abortion inducing chemical agents at women that were oh protesting abortion God. like if that oh doesn't tell you God. how little they actually care about babies they they care about power and they will do anything to get it. And if that means throwing you in jail, they will do that too. So please protect yourselves. They will. They will. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so appreciative. Thank you. We'll oh, have you back soon, pleasure. but hope you get some rest. I, I got someday. <laughs> All right.
right. Thank you. Take care. Enjoy your gorgeous little, what is he, like a spaniel? Uh, sp- yeah, of course. Spaniel Day Lewis. Spaniel Day Lewis. And I got another one now, another cocker. Melly, she's did? 10 weeks. Yeah, she's 10 weeks old and she's Imani. adorable. Oh my God. That's so exciting. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That's that's a good distraction. Yes. I, I need a new project. Pipping, picking poop off the floor is my new project. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. We'll Thank talk you. soon. Okay. Bye. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. We'll be back with you tomorrow. And every day, this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at betches.com. Betches.